0: from the hills reconfigure your life change your heart and prepare you for all that god has destined you to be welcome to the hills church let us pray dear god we gather together under your word let your word really be life to all our flesh Let the truth of your kingdom fill our hearts with power and with hope may we understand what it is to truly connect to you We read in the Bible and see Abraham Isaac and Jacob reached out beyond their time and they believed you for a new nation to be birthed through them and throughout as the journey In ancient Mesopotamia you created an allegory for our lives that we will connect to that generation which seven thousand years ago passed through the earth and even today we sit in the eternal timelessness of God and connect to your heart and we ask that we will be your eternal people Save us from this moment. <laughs> Save us from living in this moment. Help us, O oh God, to be eternal in you. Help us, O oh God, to see that we are your timeless creation. And we don't live just in 2019. We live in the eternity of God. And unto our generation and unto our time, your word has come. That the baton of the glory of God will be carried forward by ordinary men like us. Help us to see that you're not looking any further than us. Help us to see that we are part of that eternal continuum of God. Help us to see visions in the spirit of where you're taking us to, of who we are in our generation. Help us to see that we are not just Nigerians or Africans. We are your people in the earth. Help us to see that we connect to that which is global in you. We connect to that which is timeless in you. Help us, oh God, to pray prayers that are beyond just our food and our clothes on our back and connect to the eternity of God. And we can pray that the kingdom of God will come on earth as it is in heaven. That we can pray that the timelessness of God, timelessness of God will pierce through this moment. That we can pray and connect the glory of heaven to earth. That we can be bigger than this moment. That we can be bigger than our situation. Help us to see that upon our shoulders the government of Christ is resting. Help us, O God, to be larger than the mundane. Help us, O God to journey to heal nations and to start from our own nigeria which ails at this moment help us to see that unto us the kingdom has come for such a time as this and will be repairers of breaches rebuilders of broken walls restorers of, of streets long deserted through your mighty power give us eyes that see <laughs> give us eyes that see oh god I pray for my brothers and my sisters who sit here this morning. And you give them eternal eyes. And they will see that the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which they cannot see are eternal. And there is an eternal working behind these walls, your glory is being released. Help someone today for something in their spirit to unlock in the name of Jesus. Help someone today, oh God, to see you. To see your kingdom come. To see your will done to see that the waste places become turned around by your mighty power and we journey into you save us oh God from lightness oh God and emptiness oh God that we will be the carriers of your great mandate upon the earth in the name of Jesus amen I know that prayer many of you don't even understand it the prayer just prayed you understand unto a few has been given the revelation of what God wants to do for many people they just want to be comfortable live in a nice house have clothes on their back do you know you're bigger than that do you know you're bigger than that guys do you know you're bigger than that you're bigger than your need. But your need is carried in God. Do you understand? When Jesus came to the people, first thing he did, he was teaching them the kingdom. He was teaching them the kingdom. People were like, wow. This is the kingdom of God. is like yeast. When a little of it enters into the door, it livens the whole lump. People were like, wow. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price when a man sees it he takes everything he owns and sells it so that he can buy that field everybody goes like wow he says the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country and he gave the servants in his house talents one he gave five another he gave two another he gave one and he said to them do business until I come. Jesus is teaching like eternal things, mind-blowing things, and everybody was like, "Wow!" But then, guess what happened? By evening, he discovered that he had been teaching all day, and the people were and un- hungered. King James version, and the people were uh, what? And un- hungered. <laughs> That's why I beg you, some of you, if you don't know what it's saying, by a new translation. <laughs> what is unhungered? The people were hungry. <laughs> the people were unhungered. And it's not like, oh my God. His disciples like, came and met Jesus Christ. Oh God, your ceremony is too long. <laughs> Release the people. <laughs> And Jesus said, no, he had already seen in his mind eyes them traveling back home. Some of them had to walk maybe 10 miles to get back home. You know what he said to his disciples? Give them food, give them bread. In the middle of kingdom principles is bread. It wasn't about the bread, it was about the kingdom principles. But you cannot be chewing kingdom principles and you don't have bread so i want you to know that your bread is already taken care of when you are eating the kingdom of god say amen and then that was when he did the miracle of feeding the five thousand the disciples says oh they were now looking for food where's the food they now got a little boy's lunch. And then Jesus asked disciples to sit all the teams down by hundreds. And then he took the five loaves. Five loaves and two fishes. Let's do voting. There's <laughs> five loaves and two fishes. And then he he lifted it up and gave thanks and broke it. And everybody up at 5,000 men. Not counting the women and the children. And then they carried from five loaves and two fishes. They carried 12 baskets full. But it was while he was building the kingdom in the hearts of people. Allow your heart to be the best place for the kingdom. And multiplication like you've never seen it will happen to you. Say amen. Don't chase multiplication, chase the kingdom. Chase the kingdom, chase the kingdom, chase that which is eternal. Look behind, look beyond yourself, look beyond your needs, look beyond that which caters for you. And God will expand and blow your mind away. Amen. That was just something for someone. So the message for today, we're going to it now. Let's go to First <laughs> Kings 17. And Elisha the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these days except at my word. Then the word of the Lord said to him, saying, Get up from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook chariot, which flows into Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook chariot, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Let's read verse seven together. One, two, go. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there has been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and well, there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get the water, he called her and said, Also, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand so she said as the Lord God lives I do not have bread only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar and see I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die and Elijah said to her do not fear go and do as you have said but also make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel: the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Wow. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she. And her household ate for many days. The bean. Let's read this together. Verse sixteen. One, two, go. A flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which is spoke by Elijah, about 850 B.C. Before Jesus came, there lived a king called Ahab. Ahab was like a brutal mean king with a wife called Jezebel and together they upturned the whole land and ruled very brutally and they took prophets and killed them and offered incense to Baal at that time God was so angry with the perversion on the land and God had a prophet this prophet's name was Elijah and he you know the story very well about how he did he did mighty things including the contest where he called on fire from heaven that's not where i want to go to with this story today i just want to think for a moment about three things number one the brook number two the widow number three elijah The brook was the place where God took Elijah to after Elijah had proclaimed the decree that he wasn't going to reign in the land for three and a half years. This was a dangerous prophecy for Elijah himself to have given. How does someone sentence the land to something that he himself was going to suffer for? He didn't have a solution for it. But in God, whenever we obey God, there's always a brook. There's always an oasis. For all who journey with God, God has promised that you will not journey endlessly without a brook. If you walk with God, if you live in obedience to God, if you carry out God's decrees, there will be a brook for you. A brook is a place where God supernaturally reserves a little amount of water and hope for you. The brook is a place where God feeds you by ravens. How many of you know what ravens are? Ravens are birds, ravenous birds. You know, what does that mean? Birds of prey, scavengers. So, what do they do? They eat anything they see. So for Elijah to be fed by ravens was wild. Ravens are always hungry. They don't share their food with anyone. That's the first thing I want you to know. God wants to bring each one of us to a brook. In that brook, even the things that don't share their food will be the ones who will feed you. Do you guys understand this? Wherever you may be journeying through in your life, God has promised that if you go forward at His word, He's not going to abandon you in a place where you are without help, where you are without cover. He will bring you to a brook. And in that brook, there will be fresh water every day. And you know the waters of a brook, they are always fresh water. It's like spring water. Water from the brook emerges from the ground. It's the cleanest form of water. Brooks are always sitting at the edge of molten magma. Molten magma is like the last vestiges of a volcanic eruption. Volcanic eruption actually melts the rocks and sends rock out to the outer surface. And then at the edge of it, water goes deep like hot water coming from out of the lava comes out and juts out from the earth's core is the cleanest form of water that there is so this is where god took elijah in a time when everybody was dying of thirst you will have the purest form of water so i want to bring out all the things that people don't talk about like this pure water what does the water represent The water represents the word of God. In a time when there is dryness, when nobody can hear the voice of God, you will have fresh water. Say amen. For those who walk with God, for those who are connected to the life of God. For those who are different from the corruption in the land. For those who proclaim the prophetic word of God. There is the promise of God that you will have clean water at the brook. But the brook is not the end. One day, as we read in 1 Kings 17, I think it was verse 7 that says, One day the brook dried up. This is where Christians have crisis. If God was with me, how come this place he took me to has suddenly died? How come the contract ended? How come that which I felt like was sustenance or a hard time, fell apart how come the the situation that i was going through how come everything just went upside down was it the lord who led me here how come now the brook is dry how come that which was fresh has ended how come the season is over how come that which was a supernatural provision from god all of a sudden ended the brook always dries say that to someone the brook always dries that which was God and that which was supernatural ceases to exist that which was a miracle all of a sudden begins to fizzle out of your hand and all of a sudden the joy of it is lost in you and all of a sudden it seems like this is the end of the road the man of God had nowhere to go all of a sudden the brook which was the resting place became dry and became a harsh place all of a sudden. But every man of God is led on by the word of God. Say Amen. At times when the brook dries what do you think the prophet did? He went back to God and said God please Lord why is this brook dry? Why is this move of God ended? why is that which brought my soul so much joy now no more encouraging me why am i no no more do you know what the devil intends to do from that brook is to make you doubt god (laughs) if god is real see what has happened to you i think you used to boast with god a lot don't you think like you're over the top with your faith don't you think you should apply some rationality to this whole enterprise you've been saying god 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 but you know we have to face reality sometimes What does reality tell you? It was a fluke. Those ravens mistakenly dropped it. But at that time, when the devil is saying all these things to you, the the, the ravens mistakenly dropped your lunch, breakfast, and dinner every day at the same time for months. Somehow, the devil specializes in two games the game of reductionism for every miracle God has done in your life the devil will tell you (laughs) it's accidental reductionism and also expansionism for every little thing that goes wrong the devil expanded in your eyes he plays this game on all believers reductionism expansionism when God works, the devil reduces it. When God speaks, the devil re- do you do you really think you should obey that word of God? Do you really think is God talking now? Don't you think you're making these things up? Reductionism. And then every time there's a little problem. Every time you have a doctor's report, doctor's report says that, like, oh, oh, your feet, your left feet is swollen then what do you not know, thinking? Oh, maybe I have lung cancer. Maybe my liver is not working. Do you, do you know what? You, you start panicking. Do you know how many people suffer from panic attacks, needless panic attacks? And maybe you just simply hit your leg on something and you didn't realize they had a bruise. Expansionism heightens your fears. The man of God went to the brook, Chariot. And in that brook, God fed him. But at some point in time, the brook dried up. And it was time for a different chapter. Every time the brook dries, say different chapter. God has a new chapter. And every new chapter will demand a new level of faith from you. Every new chapter will demand a new level of faith from you. You have to believe again. The old belief will not be enough. The belief you believe for the brook charity is different from the belief you believe for the widow. And that brings me to part two of what I want to say. The widow. God had a mind to sustain this widow. Who took her apostle into the marketplace and tried to sell it who has out away everything that's precious in her life and she feels and maybe that morning she prayed to God God don't allow my son and I to die God don't let this boy pass away my husband is gone now and I'm in the middle of this famine but Lord keep me alive and you know what happened you saw this story how Elijah met the widow. Everything Elijah did was as if he was destroying the widows. And I think many of us believers, I don't know, like, if a pastor came to you and said to you, like, ah, do you want, like, how much do you have in your bank account? You know, we're seeing it from bread, but it's actually more like, yeah, Okay, joan is a young man so he can farm and something but let's say a frail woman who is really actually really a widow the pastor goes to her and says to her how much do you have in your bank account and she says 5k the pastor says give me the 5k first as surely as the lord leaves you will now suffer lack. <laughs> do you know how mean it was just to watch that prophet eat that bread You know that's the problem we have <laughs> let's say they turn the oil and nothing happened <laughs> that is a crisis of faith that many of us walk in when we don't believe the word of god that lady dared god with her last bread looking at her son that widow god had a mind god saw her level of faith her persistence her hunger to do right by god and god sent a prophet all the way to come and preserve her life but why does god do this kind of test send the prophet. The prophet is there now. Prophet, do something prophetic. Do you understand? Come with a truckload of bread. Do you, do you understand? Prophet, bring bread. Don't come and tell me the one I have I should give you. Bring, prophet, bring bread. You are the prophet of God. Do you guys understand why this is tough to walk by faith? To walk by faith means that We have to step into doing something that we believe god is asking us to do and sometimes this thing is unseen and that's the place that's most scary because it's unseen may i encourage you today if you feel like that we do if you feel like all you have is just this last thing May I encourage you today to listen to the word of God? Listen to the word of God. Say to someone, "Listen to the word of God." Shake them and say, "Oh widow, oh widow!" <laughs> listen to the word of God. Don't worry, you're not going to be a widow. <laughs> it was just an adjective clause to qualify a some, someone of deprivation. Someone who lacked, someone who had no means in an economy to to take care of themselves, someone who had no job, no business, someone who was in no place to earn revenue, someone who was, you know, disadvantaged in every way. This same person, the Lord shows up to and says, Give me your last. Give me your last. Give me your last this is what's most difficult you know that all you have is just that skill to sing music and you know that you are just near inside the edge of success and people are calling you to come and sing all types of songs and all types of gigs and you know that the temptation is high and God is saying to you give me your music talent it's as if it's your last You know that right now is a time when professionally you're growing up and everything is going in the right place. And all of a sudden you began to hear a voice from God saying, Come into the ministry. (laughs) Come into the ministry. God begins to say to you, come into the ministry. Come and walk with me. Come. you know at the time of your professional progress is when the call of god begins to come how do you feel do you guys understand the widow god loved the widow so much he sent her a prophet this is speaks to the love of God. I want to slow this thing down so you guys can hear. I don't want to preach. I just want to teach it. I want to unpack it so you guys can hear the words of God coming to you. God loves the widow. He had to send her a prophet. You know, it was in London, God said this to me. I was preaching a lot and on the streets, it was like people were not hearing. So I'll preach, preach, people not hear. I'll give them a track. I just, they just walk past me and put the track, track in a bin right in front of me. I'm like, my God, this will hate you. This will hate you. So, okay, what, why, why do you still send me here? And you know what God said to me? They don't hate me. They just never met me. They just never know me. just never met me. If they met me the way you did, they won't be able to walk away. Don't hate me. All I want you to do is keep making introductions for me. Make introductions. That's all I want you to do. And then, when I met Christians, the Christians were always so, the UK has a a very tough system in your mind, where time, you never have time you never have time you're always on a rush to go and do something so tightly packed that you never have time most of the people i know never have time to go and do anything for anyone so when they come to church they come to church what stressed see them struggling with their kids their laundry hasn't been done stuff still piling And they have to go to work because you are paid by the hour for most of them. So if you don't work, it means you're not going to get any revenue. As a result, many people were stressed out. And God said to me, I didn't love the pastors. So I sent him a congregation to come and make him a big man. I love my people. So I sent them. A servant was there headed the first time to serve them. Serve them. Help them carry their children. Help them fetch water. Help them sort their lives out. Work on their finances. Build the people up. This was the task I got for ministry then. And I still think it's the task I have for ministry today. God did not love me and started Ecclesia Hills to bless me. God loves you and sent me as a servant to serve you. To serve every one of you. The purpose of God. The mind of God. And you know some people move houses here and I say to them, well, if I'm free just call me. I'll come and help you move. They say, Pastor, move. Like how? (laughs) Of course I will help you move. Do you guys understand god did not love me so much and sent you guys to come and serve me god loves you so much and sent you a barrel of blessing in a man to be a blessing to you to sort out your lies as much as lies within human capacity but also to sort out your spirituality as much as lies within my power and that's what this is about And if we all understand this, that God sent us out to serve each other, that God sent us out to help out each other, that God sent us out like Elijah to a widow. So it wasn't about Elijah eating. It was about the widow. It wasn't about the man of God being fed. It was about the woman who had no other way to live life tomorrow. God soiled the tomorrow of her life. And God knew that this woman had no other way to sustain herself. So God sent her a prophet to stand with her in the toughest time. In the famine, God has you in mind. In the scarcity, God has you in mind. Say, Amen. God has his people in mind. So he pours into a man resources to help him enable you. So he pours into a woman words to help build you up. So he pours into life things for you. Why? Because God's love is reckless. And that song says all oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. See, there's no mountain he won't pull down no walls, they won't tear down coming after you God love, God's love is relentless, it's endless it's, it's impossible to stop how many people who, who use legalism oh we must do this, oh you must be like this before God can... no! when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us when we didn't deserve it, he already gave his love for us when we didn't look like it, when we didn't want him, he wants us that's why some of you i know that you this whole thing some of you about three four people i can call their names are here in church because they just don't want me to run after them you know i used to lay it out straight they don't want me to run after them so they come once in a while like after one month they just know that pastor Moses is going to soon be after me so let me come click in, <laughs> and we're good <laughs> you know god loves you even when you have no regard for him do you know god loves you even when you don't know him do you know god loves you even when your heart is not yet open to him do you know god has you in mind like that widow god can see that you are at the end of the cruise of your oil and he's sending you a prophetic grace and an enablement for you to pass Through that rough weather. God has you in mind. God has you in mind. God loves you. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants your life to anchor into his plan. He has an eternal plan for the earth. And you are part of that plan. God doesn't want to redeem the earth without us. God doesn't want to save men without us. God doesn't want to change the world without you being in the picture. God wants you to be his tool for redemption. Say amen. Come along on this journey. Release yourself to the grace of God because God already saw everything about you. Number three, the prophet. In a time when many people cannot hear God, in a time when many people cannot walk with God, God reserves a prophetic grace. God reserves prophetic power. God reserves something beautiful in a man. This prophet lived among the men, walked among the men. But he carried a different heart. Yesterday we were sharing at the prayer meeting about Prophet Samuel. And how Samuel carried the heart of God. There are many prophets today. And a prophet is designed to carry the heart of God. In a time when many nations and many people cannot endure God. God wants a people to be about Him. In a time when you carry the mind of God, it's like as if you're a fool. God wants some people to be about Him. And prophets see into the nation. Prophets don't just see for themselves. You know, there are many prophets nowadays, right? Nigeria will have them. The ones used to go to Port Harcourt and get power to see the color of women's under, under Madam, I can see your bra. The color of your bra is white. I'm like, well, I know the color of my bra before I left my house. How is that miraculous? Do you guys understand? You were sitting in Soso. So you went, you went, you went to you went to yesterday and you were having a conversation with a man about your future in Ilukpeju. Of course I know I went to look with you yesterday. So why do I need to be told by you that I went to look with you yesterday? Do you know prophecy is not, for, it's not to tell people they are sin. you know prophecy is not to tell people they are sin? Prophecy, number one, is for edification. Edification. That someone who is weak will be built up in faith. That's individual prophecy. The real prophets are not individual prophets. They are prophets to cities and nations. They can see what God wants to do in the land. They can see what God wants to do in the nation. I don't want to be an individual prophet. I want to be a prophet to the city. I want to see what God wants to do in the nation. I want to speak about what God wants to do to change the destiny of many people. That's what prophecy is really about. And Elijah wasn't just prophesying for himself. Take a look at the prophecies of Elijah. It was about a nation. It was about a godless nation. It was about a king who was cheating everybody. It was about a king who killed Naboth, an innocent man, because of his vineyard. It was about evil prevailing in the land it was about the dogs that served served jezebel jezebel as a queen who will send dogs after people and they will eat prophets and lick their blood jezebel will go and kill people and and in in jezreel there was a message i preached called the dogs of jezreel jezebel was an evil queen who any prophet that stands up in the land she will kill him and then they will take his body to jezreel and where they're washing the 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 the, the chariot where they carried him dogs will be licking the blood of the prophets and dogs were considered extremely dirty animals so dogs licking your blood was a big deal well if i've died i don't care who licks my blood (laughs) because i've already died Honestly, if I die, I don't care whether they bury me or not. <laughs> Do you understand? All this whole African culture thing is usually... I, don't, I, I already told my people, when I die, I don't want to cross the town. Don't take me to another town. Wherever town I die, <laughs> bury me there. The body is gone. The spirit is gone to be with the Lord. I remember once when my, when my elder brother died, we tried to bury him in Kaduna. The, the district council of the church where my father was pastor came very angry and they said want to take our son to our land i say why they said because the body of joseph did not sleep in egypt they went back to the promised land i said the eget is not a promised land (laughs) They said, oh no, take the body to the village. I said, why? They said, you are a small boy. You want to be stubborn? I said, no, I just want explanation. This man was sick for years. None of you came to visit him while he was sick. Now he died. Our culture requires that his body will be traveled across from Kaduna across seven states to Benue State. Like, why? Why do we do the things we do? Do you know I have no cultural baggage at all i'm deculturalized i don't need that kind of culture you don't honestly by your traditions you make the word of god of no effect the prophet the prophet the prophets were killed by jezebel and no one worried about it The land was in jeopardy and no one took a care about it. The nation was in distress and all the prophets of God just hid themselves. Obadiah, who was a good man serving the courts of the king, the least he could do was carry a hundred prophets and hide them and feed them with bread and water. Good man. But what he did to preserve was not enough to change the game. What he did was not enough to change the game. Sometimes what we do is not enough to change the game. We're good, but it's not enough. We're spiritual, but it's not enough. We pray, but it's not enough. Someone else had a burden. Prophet Elijah had a burden for reform. He wanted to see a nation change. He wanted to see the glory of God come back. He wanted to see righteousness established. He wanted to see the worship of Baal end. He wanted to see a street where the good people stood. He had an eye for the move of God in the land. Elijah the prophet. You know how he opened his, his introduction to Ahab? He walked into Ahab's palace. I think there was music. to da was your music maybe not since you don't know what to do he walked into Elijah's Elijah walked into Ahab's palace turned it down to the down you know yeah and he said to Ahab as the Lord God lives before whom I stand." I mean, that scripture, that, that phrase, before whom I stand, my pedigree is the type that stands before God. His introduction was not like, oh, you know how we use people's names to make our CV look good. You know, when you're pursuing projects, you need to put some people's name before your name, like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we're going with the vice president. We're going with the president of Nigeria. We're going with this person. We're going with the Oni of Ether. You know, you put people's names to make your pedigree swell. Elijah came up to Ahab and he's own, As the Lord God lives, before whom I stand. Ah, I love it. I love it. His pedigree was the man. Who stood before the God of the whole earth? He was the man who knew God. he was the man who stood before the Almighty God. that was his boast. His boast was not that he knew Ahab's father or the king of Jabesh Gilead or the king of another of Ammon or the king he, his boast was not that he knew Abimelech truly Elijah knew some people how many of you remember Naaman the story of Naaman who was the centurion from Samaria he came to visit Elijah because he was a leper and guess what was it Elijah or Elisha it was Elisha, I'm mixing up the stories now thank you Naaman for helping me Okay, our story did not go. But truly, Elijah knew people. To be honest, he knew people. <laughs> I can't remember anything anyone he knew. <laughs> so I just got a hooked point. My point. I was going to use Elijah's uh, journey with Naboth to say no. But guess what? Elijah knew people and the one, but he didn't use any of the people he knew. One time Ahab sent, when the, when the family started getting tight, Ahab sent and go, and go and bring that prophet, just such a rascally individual, let's punish him. He sent a cohort of soldiers, I don't know how many that means, maybe 10, I don't know. Yeah, he sent them, sent send them, Elijah was sitting on the mountain, I don't know what he was doing sitting on the mountain, maybe praying. Oh Lord come down and manifest your power Oh Lord come down and manifest your power singing chanting in the spirit praying in tongues I don't know what he was doing he had the honor of being the second man who was taken from the earth without death Elijah guy marvelous God he have sent people when the 10 people arrived or maybe a squadron of soldiers i don't know 12 10 i don't know how many seven i don't know but, some, but it was a, a, seven, a number and when they came they said man of god the king wants you elijah said if i be a man of god let fire come down from heaven and eat you guys up he was mean fire just came and all these guys disappeared the king waited a while. Didn't see anybody. Sent another seven. The same two. They, they went the same. They did the same thing. He called fire again. The third cohort. What was the, what was the number of the cohort that got wisdom? I think the third batch got wisdom. From far. Man of God with the halo. No vex for us. Oh. We are just messengers. Don't kill us. We're just carrying out the errand of our ogre. Please, man of God, let our lives be precious before your eyes. <laughs> Please, we want to beg you. Follow us to the king. Now beg with the beggars. See, all this, our gun is waste. It's nothing. Don't worry about the gun. It's just uh, work implements we're carrying. <laughs> Elijah said, good for you guys. You guys are very wise. He came with the came with them to see the king he went with them elijah boasted about his ability to stay connected to god what's your boast today what do you boast about do you boast about the people you know do you boast about your links or do you boast about standing in the presence of god I pray that upon you will come a prophetic grace, a knowing of the heart of God. I pray that upon each of us today will come a power with God, a certainty with God that will defy the odds of our nation and our times. I pray that the release of God's life will, will come alive in you in the name of Jesus. I pray that today will wake up in you something supernatural, something eternal, something bigger than you in the name of Jesus. I pray that life, divine life will pierce the dryness of your heart. And like prophet Elijah, you will begin to see God and hear Him and know Him and walk with Him and understand Him in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In closing, I want you to preach to your neighbor say my neighbor there are three things you need one you need the brook two you need a widow to minister to three you need to be Elijah number one you need a brook a place to hide from the storm hide yourself when the King Ahab is looking for you, hide yourself. When everywhere is dry, hide yourself. Hide yourself by the brook. Number two, you need a widow to minister to. You're God's agent, you're God's, you're God's tool, you're God's instrument. Look for your widow. Look for that person in your life that you're supposed to pour grace into. Pour grace into someone. Pour something into them. Say to them, pour something. You have something to give. You have something to give. You have something to Look for your widow. Pour life into them. Share with them what, what things God has dealt with you. Look for that widow. And minister to them in the name of Jesus. Number three. You are a prophet unto Say to someone, you are a prophet unto God. You stand before God. Stand before God. Don't stand before situations and circumstances. Say, stand before God. Say, stand strong in every situation. Stand strong. Let the glory of God be released in you. Let the power of God come through you in the name of Jesus. Say, you are a prophet. I see a prophetic grace in you. I see the ability to interpret the times and the seasons. I see the ability to birth new nations and to declare new things in you. I see in you a holy power of God. So you are a prophet. Birth the new time in God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah.